this is your next step to defeating the narcissist. Learn how to master your boundaries, how to release responsibility for another's emotional response, how to feel the power of your self-sovereignty, free yourself from narcissistic abuse, and draw long-lasting, powerful boundaries. Get your free workshop now at ravenscott.show forward slash free dash workshop. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, and I welcome you here to the show. If you are new and are enjoying this podcast, help me help others. Rate and review. Take a screenshot and DM me at Raven Scott Show on Instagram for a free one-on-one coaching consultation to continue to serve this community and provide free information for all of you in need. A heart-led donation will support the production side of this show and cover costs of software and equipment and allow the show to continue to serve the narcissistic abuse survivor community. Head to ravenscott.show forward slash shop to make your donation, either one time, monthly, or yearly, and you choose the amount. Today, the goal of the podcast is to expand your mind and open your horizons because a lot of the times, all of us who share information about empaths and narcissists, we use repetitive terms. And when I discovered Kareen on Instagram, she had posted about fusional love or fusional attachment. And I asked her, is that the same as codependence? And she had stated that it's not, no, the same as codependency, which got me motivated to invite her onto the show to share more of her deep information. Um, She talks about the energetic structure of the empath and the advantages and the inconvenience, as well as what needs to transform to get out of that narcissistic attraction circle. Corrine Brule is a clairvoyant healer who is an expert in unconscious beliefs transformation to help you align with your true desire and connect your life to joy. And I I liken this to rewiring the mirror neurons, right? The neurons in our minds, the narratives in our heads, which is all unconscious, something that's been deeply conditioned in us. And she shines a beautiful light so much on this topic of life and pleasure and being able to love another while still really loving yourself. So I can't wait to share this conversation with you. It is elevated. The goal is for it to be expansive and a little bit different than what you normally hear. Again, I apologize for the internet. I have edited as much as I can out of the glitches, but there will be some moments here or there because of the internet just was so spotty that day. So let's dive into this conversation. Well, we are back and we have a beautiful guest, Karine Brule. And I just really appreciate you being here and sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. And hopefully that's going to be wisdom, you know, let's see. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. Yes. 
Always. So today we are talking about how to find your confidence. It's kind of one part and releasing shame and responsibility placed by the narcissist. And before we dive deep into that, I just wanted to get to know you a little bit, Karine. What is your background and what do you specialize in? Oh, I've got different background. I've got a background in biology. I've got a background in statistics. <laughs> I've got a background in systemic uh, constellation. And I'm specialized in transforming the unconscious belief that create like some conflict in your life. So I'm using clairvoyance and clairsentience to help people uh, change their present moment to impact the future that uh, they want to have. Mm, that's powerful. It's very powerful. And a lot of the journey in healing from narcissistic abuse because it's so emotional is the subconscious journey, right? I loved um, one post. Yeah, one post that you had posted about um, fusional love. I would love to kind of just talk a little bit about that to give some clarity versus enmeshment, because enmeshment is something that's talked about a lot in emotional abuse because it's typically the victim or the person is so entangled within someone they don't even know where they start and where the other person begins so what is that difference what is fusional love and what is the difference oh fusional love it's uh it's almost like thinking often is impact is definitely like a humpath pattern because uh what i've noticed energetically in humpath is like their uh, struggle to identify their limits, even on a, the energetical structure. And it's almost like there's a desire to get inside the lover and of, of the one you love. You're very uh, in tune with the one you love. And it's almost like you're not suddenly a separate being. You're like, oh, I'm in, you know? I'm paying mm. so much attention to the emotion of the other that we are getting one. Mm. And it's very addictive at the beginning because that gives a sense of I am understood. Uh, you totally understand me because, of course, you're living the same emotion at the same time. So there's something very fulfilling in, in a sense. Mm. On the long term, someone will have to disappear mm. in the fusional process. This is where I'm kind of like, addressing this pattern as like a certain addiction in like, I want to find my soulmate. And often, and they're like, I want to find my soulmate. It's like, I want to, to find someone who really understands me, who really vibrates like me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you just want a twin, but it's good, you know, you can, you can add that. But often the challenge is like this, like, yeah, you're gonna live a very intense love, but you're gonna leave a very intense challenges because you're gonna also share some common challenges in in a way or another. You know, it's like maybe the narcissist, it's the counterpart of like someone who can't give attention to herself or mm -hmm. himself. So it's just maybe like, uh, we, we will probably dig into that a bit later, 
but uh, it's still about you're going to meet in an intense way that reflects some of your soul need or your soul challenges. Ooh. Yeah, your, your soul need and your soul challenges. The attention and adoration that is poured onto the empath by the narcissist is like a monsoon in a desert. And it feels so good because they've been parched and neglected for so long. This is just one of the many powerful messages from my book, The Empath and the Narcissist, How to Overcome Narcissistic Abuse, Recover from PTSD, Codependency, and Gaslighting Manipulation, a guide to heal childhood trauma with effective exercises. This book contains 20 plus healing resources, guided meditations, exercises, and journal prompts for healing, human design, and astrology concepts. Buy your copy on Amazon today. I almost wonder sometimes that idea and concept of a soulmate, if it's actually very dangerous because it's very extreme, it doesn't kind of have a space for balance. Like typically a what I have heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, a healthy relationship, usually sometimes opposites attract, where like one element balances the other person's element because they're different, not identical, like you say, with that fusional and having this concept. Do you think it's unhealthy to wish or desire for a soulmate? Like, do you think that's too unbalanced? Well, it's a it's a different experience. It's getting more intense in both sides. It's like the love's going to be more intense, really, because it's touching the soul. So there's a depth to it. Mm. And this depth is very attractive. When, when you fell in, in love with someone at the soul level, you felt like, this is love. <laughs> this is a, but the level of the soul is interested by the growth. And to grow, you need like, to transcend some limits, even at the soul level. So the challenge is going to be like fucking intense you know oh, yeah. so i've met like several person that uh mentioned to me like oh i, I find did i find my soulmate then but then it was not possible it's because the challenge it's still like but the reward is big but the it's just a different experience mm -hmm. i think it's like why not yeah. but it's there's something around intensity in mm -hmm. uh, in both directions so mm -hmm. if you're ready why not? I, I think maybe you're, yeah, I like that. I like that perspective of that experience. I think maybe the pitfall is you think that finding your soulmate, that there is no challenges, right? But yeah, where intense love is like a circle. I remember my therapist once saying, one time saying, uh, our emotions are like a circle. Love and hate, they're very, very, very close. They, they're very close and they connect almost, you know. Oh, yes, it's kind of like it's, uh, it's the other side of the coin, you know, it's yeah. like when there's intensity, I, I would say almost like love is something I would put at a different level, but I would say passion and passion in, in love and passion in hate, it's very similar. It's just the other side of the coin. That's why when someone you're very passionate about disappointed you, just jump very fast to the opposite uh, Let's say it's about almost, uh, it's the duality. You're in the duality. So it's just all expressed on, on the positive level, on the negative side. And it's how I see it. It's kind of 
That's why it's like there's um, that going pair. Even that's why, oh, when you attract that, just wonder what you're vibrating that is attracting this side of the coin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we're going to dive into that because we wanted to talk about how to find our confidence. But before to find your confidence, you need to be able to release the shame and the responsibility that the narcissist is putting on you. So I wanted to get yes. your perspective on that. How do we how do we do that? How do we release this shame and responsibility? Okay, so let me just uh, step a bit into that. When I do that, I do that intuitively. So I'm just going to tune into like uh, your perspective on that. It will be easier for me to. Uh... It's almost the shame at a certain level. You agreed to it. So you agreed to take responsibility for something that is not yours. It's a bit, I would say, uh, Okay, what makes you agree, kindly, I would say almost kindly agree that you, hmm, there's something around kindness there, you know, about like being the good one, you know, and trying to stick to be the good one. So when you're not good, you're shame, you know, hmm. and you're, you can be ashamed or you experience shame just in front of society. It's kind of like... Uh, when you're alone in your bathroom, you're less ashamed than when it's in front of everyone. You know, it's, a, it's almost like a, it's when you take um, an outside reference to what is right or wrong, then, then you start to experience shame, you know. And I will say um, it's a big subject. More there's shame, it's like more there's authority that is put outside. So I will say, in order to let go of the shame, it starts to bring back this authority inside of you. So instead mm -hmm. of having an outside reference of this is right, I've done that, this is right, or this is wrong, according to a certain moral, because it's often related to an idea of what is right or wrong, moving to something about like what feels good or what feels bad, which is like, it's now, it's coming back to your inner uh, perception of a reality that is a bit more dynamic. Sometimes to say no to a loved one, that feels right, you know? Even if it's like, I had that with my partner, it was like, oh, could you, could you make a cup of food? Absolutely. But someday I realized that he was asking that to me and I was like, hmm, if I'm really honest with what I'm feeling right now, I don't want to do it. And so it's kind of like the fight between the moral about it's just to be kind to the over. It's just a cup of tea and be like, my internal sensation is like, oh, I'd rather just take care of the plant outside. And so being honest with my inner experience and said to my partner, no, it's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna make a cup of tea. And I think the problem with, uh, with people who get triggered with narcissists is people who are not referring to their inner perception of what, what feels right in the moment, which is something dynamic. To like, it's right to, to bring a cup of tea when someone asks it for you, which is like suddenly end up to be frozen, a pattern. You're not like, it's always yes. Mm -hmm. While... 
according to the day, the mood, and the moment, it might feel like a no. And I think it's like there's something around kindness and being kind and being educated as like, you have to be kind, a value, which deny, in fact, a part of your identity and your own uh, perception of rightness in the moment. So at the end, more you do that, more you let space for people to deny your emotion. Because it's what you're doing on the daily base. It's denying your own emotional input of what feels right and what you know, feels wrong in the moment. I love that. I mean, I, that goes back to the conditioning and all the way back into your childhood. Like you say, be kind, be that kind little girl. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that autonomy of I don't want to a lot of times is immediately forced on by the parent and saying, well, that's, that's mean. Or like the parent feels embarrassed because the kid says they don't want to. That's mean. No, you have to. Yes. And all yes. that conditioning conditions out the autonomy to be able to be able to have those decisions, like you said, to feel within themselves as you're an adult to yes. not do something. And we're using a cup of tea as an example, but this really goes to the heart and the core of the power the narcissist has over your behaviors because they know this. They know that you've been taught to be a very good girl or a very good boy and to be submissive. And so they're like, yep, perfect. This is the, the fish I want to reel in and then I'm going to hook it up and put it as a trophy on my wall. And like you say, you get stuck in that pattern. You're stuck in that loop and it's really, really dangerous. Exactly. And what I think might be interesting to have as a perspective is like, what do you need to stop being the nice girl or the nice boy? What do you need? Do you need to have someone narcissist to start to wake you up? You know, it's like, till where you're going to deny your own uh, feelings? You know, it's almost like, Narcissists enter in life of people who have space for it, who have maybe have already said yes to many things, push their, their, their boundary of their kindness so far that maybe now there's a space. It's like I would say it's typical that people change partner and end up with the same kind of abuser. And I would say it's like, Like uh, maybe it's it's a I experience to grow and an opportunity that maybe if you haven't understood the lesson that intensify that intensify that intensify till like <laughs> and then like fuck you end up with a narcissist that is just fucking abusing you because you have been too kind but maybe it's like well, maybe it's the one that's gonna help you just like move back to like okay now I need to get away from this stuck pattern of always being kind. Because when you're always being kind to the outside, you're unkind to yourself, you know? You, you mm -hmm. do not listen to something, you know? So it's interesting to see that there's something sacrificed in, in maintaining being kind to the outside. There's an inner feeling that you sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's a way to say no in a loving way. I think that's the other really like paralyzing part for the kind person oh, is, yes. oh, it feels really unsafe to say no, but you can say it still lovingly. You can even 
preface it with, I really love you and I would love to get that for you. However, at the moment, I need to do this or I have already committed to this or you're an adult. You can get your own cup of tea, <laughs> whatever the... <laughs> yes, but it, yeah, I like the example of a cup of tea because that was so innocent, yeah. you know? And then it's like, you will be like, oh, I'm going to agree because it's like, it's nothing. But it's just to give like a range of like, oh, that, that maybe start with not listening to myself at this moment. And then that just increases that like, oh, it's just to be nice. It's just to be nice. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can well, and sometimes, sometimes in that relationship with a narcissist, it can be literal. They, they can literally sit on their butt and do nothing. And you're oh. cooking everything. You're cleaning the house. Um, you're taking care of everything in the house and you're bringing them whatever drink. And I think it's 100% appropriate for a grown adult to be able to get their own beverage most yeah. of the time. You know, that's responsibility, which the narcissist doesn't take. <laughs> no. And then it's like, what are you trying to have in being so kind? Hmm. Maybe something uh, to reflect on. Mm -hmm. What? Because there's a gain. You're trying to get something. Also, <laughs> like you don't adopt a behavior without a strategy behind. Um, yeah, and maybe that strategy is survival. Maybe that strategy is receiving love because that's yeah. how you were able to when you were yeah. younger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because of either having a narcissistic parent or an emotionally unintelligent parent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do we find our confidence in being able to give ourselves the needs we need and say no? Yeah, that's, uh, it's hard to say no, and it's hard to hear no. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's hard to hear no. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, uh, and I think this is most too, like, if you work on, like, oh, my God, open. I think it's maybe because of that. It's because it's so hard for I'm bad to hear no because there's a sense of rejection that you end up saying yes because you don't deal with like the no so it's kind of like I'm not doing to be over what I I can't deal by myself you know yeah it's too That's... painful to receive then I'm not going to be the mean one to delve it out yeah but you have to switch the narrative on that because it's not kind to be doing something to be doing something beyond your scope, beyond what you can do or what you're feeling that yeah. you need to do in that moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is where I think there's this guilt about like, if I can do it, I should do it, you know, because um, it's almost like not. I think it's like it's coming from that. It's not tolerating that someone who can do something for you is saying no. no. Like, you can do that for me. So why are you saying no? And it's still about, it's coming back to like, maybe I don't, I don't feel it <laughs> in the moment. I'm not enjoying doing, making a cup of tea right now for you and i think it's really about that it's like choosing your your pleasure instead of like uh trying almost to get love from the other it's not exactly that i think it's a bit more complex but definitely there's something about 
choosing your pleasure first. Mm, and then that's a hard one for us to, to swallow, right? Especially for constantly yeah. sacrificing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's and um you deserve pleasure. That's another one to embrace. Yeah. Yes. And it's like sometimes it's just like I often give that this example to my client, you know, it's like uh, there's you have a choice between a, a kiwi and a banana. And your partner is saying, like, oh. I'm going to take the kiwi. You're going to take the kiwi too? And you're like, oh, if I'm listening to myself, I'd rather have a banana. It doesn't say I'm never going to eat kiwi all my life and kiwi should be like destroyed from earth. It's just in the present moment, it feels more pleasurable to have a banana. And the others say like, yeah, but there's more vitamin in kiwi. Kiwi is better for you. Yeah. This is, I think, what people, there's also a social pressure about what you think is right mm -hmm. instead of like listening to your body needs or your body feelings about like, Oh, mm, I'm craving a banana or like I'm craving to eat the chicken or beef. And, but I know I should eat salad because salad is better for me. So there's a, there's a deny of almost your animality, your sensing experience through like mental, your own mental pressure. You're the narcissistic pressure that say you should do that, otherwise you're not a good person. It's not, it's not about being a good person at the end. It's about like how much you will have enjoyed your life on your deathbed, five minutes before dying. You're going to think like, oh, I've, I've been a good person. I've, I've held them or I did exactly what they wanted from me. Or, oh, damn, I had a really, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's about like, okay, think about the final moment, the five minutes summary of your life before dying. Powerful, powerful. That gives such a beautiful perspective too. Like if you feel stuck and you're just afraid to leave, you know, envision yourself on your deathbed. Did you regret staying or did you regret jumping out into the scary unknown to gain some enjoyment and freedom in life and to gain your bravery yeah. and power. Yeah. Yes. It's very useful to think at different potential. Almost any, on the energetical level, it's really open potential. And some consciousness will open and give you like options. Mm -hmm. So know for what, what you want at the end, how you want to see your life. Yeah. That was the next thing I was going to segue into was the energetic structure of the empath. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, it's what I uh, quickly mentioned initially. It's, uh, it's almost as a blurry limit. You know, it's kind of like if you see a body cell, you know, in, in biology, a cell is like there's a, a membrane and there's the nucleus and there's the membrane, there's the cytoplasm. And it's almost like if the membrane of the empath don't have normally when a membrane is functional it let there's some receptor that let in what you need what the cell needs you know a cell is missing something is checking that the receptor like hmm, okay is it something i like yes otherwise no it's like something i don't want i'm i'm saying no it's still coming back to the no uh, and it's almost like if for ampat everything is open you know, there's no like selection of what is coming in. 
So it gives great ability, give this ability to sense what is in a room, to sense what's going on with your partner, to be very sensitive. I've noticed that empaths, there's no like uh, this, I would say, functional limits that uh, will help to, to define your individuality. It's still about like more the empath will define his individuality, more you will put limits. Like I like, I don't like, oh, I need, I let that in. I don't need, doesn't mean that nobody will need it. It's just is the thing about like the kiwi. Oh, I'm, I'm not eating a kiwi right now, but maybe tomorrow I will say yes, you know. It's knowing that, oh, I get that, something for the guilt of saying, uh, I don't need you. Oh, it's a, there's something about to transcend for people who have like a, a narcissistic relationship about like feeling that you're not needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, there's something here about in the unconscious. It's like maybe you do everything because it's satisfying to be needed. And uh, because it's very painful to feel that you're not needed by someone. And I think this is maybe one of the layers to address unconsciously in order than to... Uh... Ah, something interesting for, for, for this pattern is like, it's not because the other enjoys that you're doing many things for him. You know, like, oh, you prepare food, you're doing everything, and the other is still necessary. He might enjoy. It's very satisfying you know, to have someone who is doing everything for you. That uh, doesn't guarantee to be loved. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And even more recently, something that's baffled me, uh, and maybe you, you listeners can relate, um, being in the family unit, when we all get together and I am feeding the kids and I'm helping out, like being that super helper with my extended family around, it is almost like a drug of feeding that sense of being needed because typically no one calls me, no one talks to me. Like there's the normal relationship is not fostered, but um, when I'm in that moment and surrounded, it does feel oddly euphoric and I can't, understand how that feeling doesn't extend out to the relationship when we're not together and it doesn't make any sense how that euphoric feeling feels um like a false uh functionality in the family but the family is so dysfunctional like you know what i mean like there's a disconnect there and that makes sense yeah yes and it's almost like you find your place in doing like mm-hmm. if just being who you are is not enough. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, life, you know, you, you come at this moment in time in, in, in this like century at this place because your vibration in a sense is needed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think this is a difference why, where often people and impact are confused between or people who do a lot like that are confused. It's like I'm doing... Uh, I'm doing a lot to prove my value that I can't recognize in, in just being. Why people don't fall in love with doing, people fall in love with this being, you know, it's, it's magic, you know. 
you can really, as I say, you fall in love with narcissists. This guy is doing nothing. <laughs> He's doing nothing for you. And you're like, right. oh my God, I'm so in love, you know? And so that is the proof that, you know, doing is not going to guarantee you any love. And some people are doing nothing and they're extremely lovable in a very uh, unexplained way. But yeah, it takes a bit of uh, um, distinction between what I'm doing and who I am and how I separate the value. And till you haven't recognized your own value, which is something related to your vibration, is something related to your nature, and you're going to try to create it through doing. You know? And um, it's a process yeah. to recognize your inner vibration, your inner value. And, and, and often friends can help you recognize that. You know? mm -hmm. Can help you uh, know why they like you. Oh, yeah. That might be an interesting conversation starter with some friends who who are a bit more conscious like you are like what question would you ask the friend to kind yeah. of get that feedback why do you like me hmm. why do you like me and you might think like oh it's because i'm reliable or because i'm kind no i said maybe there's a softness in your soul that feels very good to them hmm. And yes, you can, but sometimes you can say no to like, no, I'm not going to help you like take care of your kids on this day. And that's fine because what they, what they need in spending time with you, it's something in your vibration. It's something about like something beautiful in your soul, in your vibration that indeed is translated in, in some action sometimes. And because you can't escape your nature. But I remember when I was at, at uni and I saw this girl coming in, in the, the, the amphitheater from the way she was holding herself and the way she was looking sympathetic to me without knowing anything. And she ended up being my best friend. So it's just sometimes you're, it's a vibration. Yeah, it's a vibration. So ask, wh why do you like me? <laughs> why do you like me? Oh, I love that. I love that. Hmm. Now, I have one last question for you to kind of <laughs> summarize this, because I think this might help with some uh, tips, is what needs to transform to get out of the narcissistic attention circle? There's something, there's a choice. I think the first thing is starting to make a choice because when that happens, is there's or an unconscious choice to put the over first that is made as something, as you say, connected to, uh, to security or that feels safe to put the over first and to serve. And so it's the choice to, I would say first is the choice to put yourself first because at the end, it's still about your deathbed. You're going to be like, oh, I've been such a second good server for people in my life. I've been such a, a good, yes. You can be at service if it's pleasant for you. If it's like, oh my God, this is the best, the most enjoyable things. When you do like this kind of podcast, you make us, you do service. And if something service can be enjoyable for you, if it's, in, it's connected to your inner joy, that's fine. Yeah. If it's like, a duty, often we have problem where the choice is not clear. So decide to engage yourself to your own satisfaction. Mm -hmm. 
because the other will not do it for you. Even if you are in a healthy relationship with someone not narcissistic, yeah. <laughs> that will not happen anyway. <laughs> no way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they can't read your mind. I know all the time my, my current partner is, is always saying, okay, just tell me like, are you simple, simple thing? Are you going to eat this or should I eat it? Cause it's a leftover. And I, I still find myself struggling with what we talked about earlier. It's like, I want to eat it, but I don't. And I like have this internal struggle. I'm like, why am I struggling? I want to eat it. So he's helped me like be able to practice. Yes, yeah. I want to eat that. And then he's like, totally fine. I'm not going to eat it, you know, but he, they can't exactly. read our minds. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Tapping into that and pleasure. <laughs> yeah, and it's still about like, I really want to eat it because this is a fantastic dish and I don't mm -hmm. want to cook, but I'm a bit ashamed that it's not nice uh, right. not to let you eat it. Right. <laughs> Being honest, like you are just an animal. You're just like, no, me, this is my resources. I want it badly, you know. You have to, to accept that first in order to transcend it. Otherwise, you're pretending that you, you're not fighting for resources or for territory, mm -hmm. which is like something very animalistic. So, yeah, it's more like embracing this kind of animal, this, this instinct like, oh, yes, no, I want it. This is especially around food is very interesting. Yeah that uh, what can happen around food it's true was there any other points in any other um, point tr transforming to get out of that narcissistic attraction circle yes i think we have a, a heritage of like judeo christian um background where sacrificing ourselves is perceived as a value mm. and uh, if you're the one who suffers <laughs> You're, you're the nicer one. So you have more chance to go to paradise. Mm. Uh, and there's something around, uh, it's mostly yeah, thinking that if you're nice, you, you will survive, you know, and you're ever going to go to hell. It's like, yeah, you, you're the bad one. So at least I feel that there will be something fair at the end. You go, you're going to go to hell. And yeah, the reality is more like, well, uh, everybody's going to die good or bad and few of us will have really live mm. so it's about letting go of this um, welcoming your desire to really live your life maybe an apology something to let go about uh, uh, the value of, of sacrificing your nature it's uh yeah yeah heaven i think i love how the buddhist monks are always talking about your life is now in the present. Um, mm. Heaven is here in the present. Hell is here in the present, like you said. So you're choosing to experience either one right now. You don't need to wait till afterlife. <laughs> yes, but I think it's like as we have this, uh, this Cretan, even if you're not Catholic, you know, I think that's still like something in, in the unconscious that is present. With this guy, you just like suffer like hell and be like, oh, look at him, how good it is, you know? It's a good person. And it's almost like um, if you don't welcome this duality inside of you, that sometimes you're a good person and sometimes you want the rest of the food for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to someone who's going to play that for you because we are in a dual world. So if you don't play that inside, 
you don't welcome your your shadow and be like okay sometimes i'm a bit selfish sometimes i just want the things for me uh you're gonna you're gonna face someone who's gonna play it for you outside so it's about um i would say integration of your own uh yeah shadow in order not to project it otherwise if you want to play just the nice one you're gonna find someone to play the bad one outside Ooh, yeah and it's worse yeah you might as well have control of your own shadow than have someone else <laughs> exactly. control of your shadow yeah yes, yeah yes. just like oh my god right now i've been really bitchy oh right now i've been very rude you know and be like okay well it's it's in yeah. but if you're in deliver because you need to grow so hmm. yeah beautiful that's, that's thank you so much there there is so much wisdom here do not even worry and be humble you're amazing um, Thank you what, very much. How can you help others? What are your offerings? Oh, well, I'm doing one-to-one session when people want to, they're stuck a bit in some pattern and they want to, uh, to have support in transforming their unconscious belief. Uh, I'm doing one-to-one session that can be booked on my website, karenandbrule.com. And uh, yes, it's how I'm... I'm I'm enjoying myself and supporting the others. That's good. That, that, like you said, that energy frequency and vibration spreads out and really is helpful. Beautiful. Yes. And we can find you on Instagram at Karen Brule Clairvoyant. Perfect. And those links will be all in the show notes, you guys. So just tap the picture of this episode and scroll up and you'll get to the show notes. And I just appreciate you being here, Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure to discuss with you and to, and to yeah, just have a look at the unconscious pattern behind that. It's always uh, interesting. And it was really a pleasure to, to spend time with your energy and your soul. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yours too. I love your perspective and that clairvoyance that you did for us <laughs> during this conversation. Yeah. Take care and remember, absolutely, everybody, keep your unique light shining. Swear I won't forget this. Why do I regret this? In my mind, reckless. Thoughts are feeling endless. Sitting up, I'm breathless. Anxiety's infectious. I feel so defenseless, betrayed and embarrassed. I hate being open. I hate being broken. I feel like an ocean filled up with emotion. Anger ain't a potion. Rub it on like lotion. I can feel it soaking. Reopen. The scars have awoken. I can't move on till I let go. I feel so lost. Never at home need to be strong every breath hold cause i can't move on till i let go i can't move on till i let go i feel so lost never at home